I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Oh yes, I'm having salads in my office. All right, catch you later, boss. Hey, can see you at lunch, huh? See you later. Ooh, oh. Yes. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The National Nelly, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, I have a question about the Mavs offseason because this is everything we're talking about right now. Twitter is fun. Mavs Twitter is fun. For the um, most part. For the most part. <laughs> Mavs Facebook is funnier. Uh, no, I'm, I'm so glad. I, yeah, I'm out of that. But if the Mavs didn't trade for Josh Richardson, let's say they didn't Ooh. do the, the Richardson deal and they just kept Curry, they didn't get Richardson and Tyler Bay, then they would, for the most part, be legitimately just running it back. Yeah, How with like James Johnson and Josh yeah, Green he, and Tyler and Tyler the Terry. New, the new guys would be those three guys. What would your grade change? Yes, I think it would. Because I think the Josh Richardson trade is where they improved the most. Unless yeah. Josh Green and Tyrell Terry can come in and be big impact, I think that's where they improve the most, at least from you know right now perspective. Because that one trade, that one trade, you kind of accomplish all three. You get the the upgrade in the rotation, the vet that's defensive minded that fits great in mm-hmm. the starting unit. You also shed money in 2021, and you get another draft pick that you got Tyler Bay with, and we're both big fans of Tyler Bay, so. I just think it's crazy. I was just going back and looking at our grades that we gave and just revisiting the moves Dallas did this offseason and that how that one trade, I think, could knock a whole letter grade collectively for what the Mavericks did. Oh, absolutely. That trade is really important. We'll talk a ton about that trade, you know, this week. So stick with us. We'll be talking more about that today, though. We wanted to go around the league and talk about some of the teams the Mavericks are going to face this year and then just some teams that we were interested in as far as what they did, what their roster looks like, who they lost, who's coming in for them. And so we're going to talk about some of those teams. Isaac and I picked three teams or three sets of teams, I guess, maybe. Three sets of teams each to talk about and get into. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, Man, yeah, stick with us. If you're listening for the first time, thank you. We were like 81 in sports, iTunes, (laughs) Apple Podcasts rankings on Monday. Absolutely incredible. Thank you guys for listening and subscribing and hanging out with us. I mean, that's definitely the highest we've ever been. So that shows that we're still growing, which is awesome, even though nothing huge happened. (laughs) You know, like the Mavericks made a couple trades and things, but... Nothing massive happened like a Porzingis trade or anything like that. So thank you guys for jumping in. Subscribe to the podcast. Isaac and I have been covering the team for five or six years. We've been in the locker room. We've talked to all these people. We are here to give you the Mavs side of every story. I think I got a bunch of DMs of people saying, thank you for being the rational (laughs) people. I think that's one thing we do really well is we can understand both sides of of pretty much anything and explain that. So if there's ever something with the Mavs you don't understand, come listen to Lockdown Mavs and we'll explain it to you, basically. I I think that's what we do best. And we, we, I think we offset each other well because y'all know if if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, um, you know, I write for the Mavs. I, you know, work with the team 
in a freelance contributing way. Um, so I, I am a fan of the Mavericks. And so you do get a little Homer bias from me sometimes, but you also have an outside Nick keeps me in check too, because <laughs> Nick, uh, born and bred in LA. Uh, so I, yeah. And covers the team professionally. And so it's a, it's a combo. Yeah. That, that I think has worked. It's worked for three years now and what? Uh, almost it. four. Almost four years. It's crazy. Every single day, almost a thousand podcasts that we've done Ooh, together. Yeah, we'll get that in December. So, all right, let's get into today's show. So, the first one I want to start out with, and we'll just do these two together the Lakers and the Clippers. I think this is the first team I really want to get into. Be- first teams I really want to get into because this Shocker. is these, I mean, but yes, obviously, you had to <laughs> say that specific thing at the beginning of the show before but i want to get into these two teams because if the mavericks want to get anywhere in the playoffs at some point they're gonna to have to get past one of these two teams i believe and so yeah. if they get past their first round if the mavericks end up in the top four they might not have to play one of these two teams but they played the clippers last year there's a chance they're gonna play the lakers you know all that so uh let's start with the clippers though the clippers they lose Montrez harrell landry shamit jamichael green and roddy magruder they're gaining serge Ibaka and luke Kennard. kind of a Really fascinating change there, right? Mm-hmm. Going from Montrezl Harrell to Serge Ibaka, very, very different bigs. And then going from Landry Shamit to Luke Kennard, who are not as different, but give you different things. So now the Clippers look like this. I think their starting lineup is something like Ibaka, Morris, Kawhi, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. You can maybe yeah. talk yourself into Zubac instead of Ibaka, with Ibaka coming off the bench to try and shore up that side because... You know, what you said was their is their closing lineup. Ibaka is going to close least, yeah. over Zubac. That's at least their closing lineup. Uh, but you could you could talk yourself into Zubac starting at least because he had really good chemistry with Kawhi and all that kind of stuff. Then off the bench they have Lou Will, Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, Patrick Patterson came back, Zubac, and then uh, Jay Scrub who they drafted. And then that's kind of I mean that's kind of their team at this point. So to me at least I think, it seems they're a little less deep than they have been in the past. But I think that they have some interesting you know, new lineups they can do. Yeah. They obviously had to switch up some things. I mean, that was the worst exit from the playoffs. So you can imagine how embarrassing that, that was, but they're still a really good team. I, I absolutely and the love Mavs the almost caused it. Oh, we we're so, uh, we we're so close. We were like, we could have done like that. A, they were like a Porzingis injury and they were a, you know, Porzingis ejection away from the Mavs causing that. Oh, it would have been so sweet. So, oh, so close. Um, I love. I I think Ibaka fits this team more than Harrell. They had to switch up chemistry wise, and I mean everything we know about Ibaka. He's like the ultimate teammate. And from everything Montres Harrell said in his like introduction to the Lakers, I mean it seems like he was like they were done with him, and he was done with them. Right? It just seems like that chemistry yeah. wise was just not going to work for him. I I just can't wait for Laker tweet rece- receipts from fans that bashed <laughs> Montrez Harrell, aka Nick, AKA um, me. for so long about how Harrell's this and that, and how he sucks at defense. I just and didn't want him for Laker. the Mavs. That was my oh whole. Oh my gosh! Look at this addition was, to the Lakers. My whole thing was I didn't want him for the Mavs. That was my thing. Um, but anyway, I think the Clippers are still really, really good. Yeah, and if Luke Kennard can be healthy, like. Luke Kennard as a number two option in Detroit on a team that sucks. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's unfortunate for him. But w- we've talked about fit all along. If he can be healthy coming off the bench for them as like a facilitator shooter stuff, I think that would be a great fit for him. So, And I think they're not done. I think they can probably round out the roster with a couple more minimums and they could have a trade in them too. Yeah, buyout candidate 
you know, buyout candidates will be looking for this team too. I think that they have more stuff they can do with their bench. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem like they're done either. I think they got maybe a little better, like maybe maybe marginally better. But it just depends. It, Luke Kennard's really the X factor there and what he can bring. And I'm really curious about that Lou Will Luke Kennard defensive backcourt. You know, but well, it's it, off the bench. So off the know. bench, so it doesn't matter as much. But. Yeah, so that's the Clippers. The Lakers, they are losing Danny Green, Rajon Rondo, JaVale McGee, Avery Bradley, Dwight Howard, and Quinn Cook. So essentially, they're losing the meme team. The meme team is gone now, right? Like all three of those guys. Is JR back? (laughs) (laughs) JR, they lost him too. I guess we'll include him in there. They're gaining Dennis Schroeder, Montrezl Harrell, Marcus All, and our boy Wes Matthews. So I think they're going to start Wes and KCP in the backcourt with LeBron, obviously, as the point guard, Anthony Davis, and Gasol. I think they'll bring up Montrez Harrell off the bench. Kuzma, Markeith Morris just signed on Monday. And then Caruso and Schroeder. I think that's going to be their their uh, backups. And then Taylor Horton Tucker will play backup somewhere too. And then they also Ooh. have Alfonso McKinney and Jordan Bell. They got in that, um, that JaVale McGee trade. So I'm not sure what they're going to do with those guys. It seems like Lakers, fans think, Lakers people think they're going to keep one of those guys maybe. But we'll see what happens just, just for roster spots. Uh, Did you say the star? Did you say Kuzma? I, I said Kuzma, Montrez okay. Harrell, and Kuzma coming off the bench. What a ba- what a, a front deal. court! And the yeah, I'm worried about that 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 defensively. <laughs> if I'm worried about the Clippers backcourt on the bench, but yeah, so the Lakers. I think the Lakers got better. I think they're going to be able to use Montrez Harrell in a way that the Clippers couldn't. They have a big man like Anthony Davis who's going to be able to cover his weaknesses. I don't think he'll be in closing lineups. I think they'll still go Davis at the five and then go. You know, Markeith Morris at the four, or LeBron even at the four, something like that. But I think they got better in that sense. Schroeder, I think the biggest one, by the way, of their improvement. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the biggest one. Here's my here's my thing with the Lakers. I think there's two winners in free agency as far as the West, and two like huge winners. And the Lakers, one of them. The other team we'll talk about in a second. Um, their four main additions. I'm okay. Schroeder and Montrezl Harrell going to this team is just robbery. Like <laughs> the deal to get Schroeder, I mean, I think Schroeder. You I'm predict this all season that the, yes. the Lakers would get somebody, <laughs> somebody dumb at that cost. And for Harrell, that I mean, it's just y'all know I like Harrell, and yeah, I think he'll be just fine in L.A. The two, the two players that I, I'm not for sure they're that big of upgrades that what people are making them out to be is the West Matthews, Mark Gasol. I think their their days their good days are behind them. Um, I think Gasol's like th- potential to be a three point threat from the center position and just his IQ and passing and stuff will be fun. Um, but I think those additions are a little bit overblown. Yeah, I think with Marcus Gasol, you're not asking him to do too much. They have Davis; he's going to be their closing five, right? You know, he's going Marcus Gasol's just going to be there in, in certain situations. They're not asking thirty minutes a game from him. Which is yeah. what he was kind of asked with the, the, the Raptors. But I have seen people act like Wes Matthews is the biggest upgrade over Danny Danny Green, and that's just bullcrap. Yeah, and, well, and we know. I think the big upgrade there was they were paying Danny Green fifteen million, and they're only paying Wes like three. That was the big yes. upgrade because they're they're kind of the same player at this point in their career. Uh, Danny Green maybe a little bit better, you know, defensively it was better three point shooter, but this past year he was not. So all right, coming up, let's get into some more of these teams. I think we're done with the two LA teams. I think they're still a tier above the Mavericks at this point. I think that, that, that didn't change. They didn't, you know, 
change the Mavericks didn't change enough, and those two teams didn't change enough that 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 changed at all. So I think both the LA teams are in a tier by themselves. I think yeah. it's one, two Clippers, Lakers, Lakers, Clippers. It's them two at the top of the West. Yeah. Opinion. Coming up, let's get into some more teams. Some more teams we're interested in. We'll talk about what they did and what it means for the Dallas Mavericks. Talk about that coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris, Built Go is the perfect on the go snack slash supplement slash something that gives you energy. A little pick me up. Built Go is awesome. It's this new product from Built Bar. It's the Built Bar tastes just like them with the peanut butter honey flavor, coconut chocolate, and then the chocolate mint. Those three flavors. It comes in like the consistency of peanut butter. It comes in these little pouches. You can take them with you. They can fit in a pocket. They can fit in a briefcase. Whatever you take with you. They can fit in a fanny pack. People are doing fanny packs again. I don't, I'm not sure I'm with the fanny pack thing, but. People are doing it. You can fit it there. It gives you the protein of a Built Bar, the taste of a Built Bar, which is delicious, as well as the energy gel. It gives you the caffeine. It's a little bit of a kick to get you through the rest of your day. And it won't, you won't, it's natural. So you will not feel the, you know, the the crash afterwards. You won't feel that crash feeling. It's good for your body. Go to BuiltGo.com, use the promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. BuiltGo, let's go. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more teams. Give me one of your teams that you're interested in what they did this offseason. Yeah, so I'm going to stay in the West with this. And what I did before this week even started, I did I teared off because y'all know I love tears. <laughs> I teared off the, the whole Western Conference. And I teared them off into three tiers. And for me, the top tier were, was four teams before the whole week started, okay? It was Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors for me in whatever order. Yeah. That was my top tier. That was before, before the draft and everything. Yeah, yeah before the everything. And since then, the Nuggets and Warriors for me have taken a step back. And this one team, the Portland Trailblazers, I put them in that and, and kind of they they skipped both of those teams, from my opinion. Portland was in that next tier. And I think they've moved up a little bit for me. And I just as far as the biggest winners of the offseason or the offseason, the week, uh, <laughs> because that was the offseason for the most part. Yeah, the off week. Yeah, it was it was the Lakers and it was the Blazers for me. And what Portland did, you know, we know Dallas came in second there for for Robert Covington, but Portland going out and giving Covington, this is what we've you know everybody's wanted for so long to for them to get some actual wings on that roster and them going out and adding Covington, bringing back Rodney Hood. Um, I mean, heck, even bringing Mello back and to come off the as a bench depth and, piece, yeah, yeah, and Gary Gary Trent Jr. who looked good last year, he's going to be coming off the bench mm-hmm. for them. Zach Collins, as long as everyone is healthy for them, I the the makeup of their team, Derek Jones Jr., Harry Giles, bringing Cancer back as like your third big man. I mean, as a third big man, I mean that's a solid depth piece there. They still have two young flyers too, and and Simons and Nasir Little. I mean, I just, I just I love their their roster so much from top to bottom, and I know Luca is the favorite for MVP, but I want to know Damian Lillard MVP Ooh, odds. If they all stay healthy, I mean, because Bobby Mark said on Sports Center, and I was like, man, I thought I was like hot for Portland right now, but <laughs> uh, Bobby Marks went on Sports Center and said he thinks they're the number two seed in the West. Uh, next year and uh, i'm sitting there saying i was like man i'm gonna say they're gonna be like three or four seed in the west and thinking but now i've, I've listened to a couple of pods i'm like okay a lot of people think that portland did make that big jump and 
there's just not a hole on their roster, in my opinion. I, I think they did really well. And Damian Lillard, this could be the best team Lillard's played with, and that's counting the Aldridge team. Yeah, the Aldridge teams. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that injuries is obviously going to be the biggest thing for them. I think that the Lillard-McCollum backcourt defensively, I mean, you have now, I guess, Covington, but is he going to play four for them? Like, What do you think their starting lineup is? I had Dame, CJ, Hood, Covington, Nurkic, yeah. but let's say Derek Jones Jr. steps in there and like shows that he can be really good defensively, and then you're starting Covington and Derek Jones Jr. Um, let's say Collins can guard some of these fours, and you're starting Covington and Collins alongside Nurkic at the five. So I think, yeah, I think they have the flexibility. They have a big and Nurkic that can go against somebody like a Jokic and the other bigs in the league. They can also go a little bit smaller too. I think Collins is athletic enough to play the five and yeah. have some fun with it. And so I, I just I love their team, man. I love it. Yeah, I think it's gonna be so interesting. Covington's gonna go from guarding centers to now he might be asked to guard like point guards at some point. For real, yeah. If it's you know going against a team with a really good point guard that they need to guard. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. That's a good team. Uh, another team for me, I'm going to go with Phoenix Suns. This is my next team. Phoenix Suns seem to be the team that rose the most, right? That went from, you know, this team in the bubble that was just fun and in- interesting, but you're not really picking them to make the playoffs, even though they went 8-0 against some injured teams <laughs> in the bubble, but they are interesting. Now they get Chris Paul, make a couple extra moves. So they're they're losing Tyler Johnson and Aaron Baines. Those are like the only players they're losing, and they're gaining – and is that really a, a loss of Tyler Johnson there? I don't know. They're gaining Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, Jalen Smith in the draft, Langston Galloway. So, and then Dario Sarge came back. And I think their starting lineup is going to be, uh, and it depends on what they do with this four position. I think that the, you know, four of the five are set. So, Paul, Chris Paul, Devin Booker in the backcourt. That's set. Mikael Bridges, we love. He's their three. Aiton is their five. I don't think they're going back to the, you know, Aiton plays the four and then, you know, they were so much better when they had Aiton at the five and then like Cam Johnson at the four. I think they'll either go, which is so weird. They were so good with Cam Johnson at the four and then they signed Crowder and they signed Dario Saric. So do they go Crowder at the four? Do they go Dario Saric at the four? Do they stay with Cam Johnson at the four? That was really good for them in the bubble. That's the big question for me for them. But I think that that's a, that's a good team. I don't know if I'm, going to say that that's a f- number four seed in the West, like some people have said. No. I think there's teams that are better than them. I think, that obviously, the two LA teams are better than them. I think Mavericks are better than them. I think Portland, you said. I think the I think Houston, the way they're still constructed, since they didn't really change that much, that's five teams that are ahead of them. Uh, I think those teams, for sure, are ahead of them. Yeah, we. you just got to see it. I, I think it's, you're putting a lot on, I, I get it that we just saw an amazing season by Chris Paul and what he did for that OKC team, but he's also 35 and you're putting a lot on Chris Paul to take a team and a nucleus of, we, we're all about Devin Booker's talent. I think DeAndre Aiden's going to be a really good player in this league for a long time, but you're also, you're taking a 35 year old and putting him on a, a young core that has never won anything. I mean, literally the highlight of their career was eight. No, in the bubble. Yeah, eight games okay. In the bubble. <laughs> So, I mean, that I'm glad that that's really cool. But I I think, do I think that they're right there in the midst for the playoffs in six, seven, eight? Sure. But the love for them as a, hey, they could, you know, be a three or four seed in the West. I'm not going that far. That's that's a lot to say for Chris Paul and 
I do love the Jay Crowder edition. I'm jealous yeah, of that. I want it. I would love to have Jay Crowder, and I think he brings something to that spot that Cam Johnson doesn't bring. Jalen Smith is not, you know, Jalen Smith. They took tenth overall, so I mean, he. I'm assuming he's going to be a part of the rotation somehow too. I so. think he's their backup five from, yeah, from and, what they have right now. But I, I think DeAndre Ayton will be the biggest. I think I said this the other day. It's not just Booker. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton playing with Chris Paul will do wonders for him in his career. By the way, I also think De- I miss Denver and Utah. I think they're both better than than Phoenix. Yes, I, right. I would like agree. both the Utah's so sneaky because they didn't do anything. <laughs> they just well, got, they got favors. favors back, which shores up their depth a little bit. Which I think they really struggled with last year. I mean, Tony Bradley was their backup five, and they really struggled when Gobert was off the floor. So, but I think the two LA teams are still better: Denver, Houston, the Mavericks, and the Jazz. That's sixteen, and Portland. That's seven teams. So, yeah, that I think are definitely better than them. So, I don't think it's a guarantee that they're even making the playoffs. But they're they're definitely Suns definitely got better. They'll be in that play in, and if they can win those, you know, play in games, then they'll be in the playoffs. So, I think that's yeah. where we're at with that. All right, coming up, we got some more teams. I think you have two more. I have one more team to get to. We'll talk about some teams we're interested in, who we thought was fascinating this past offseason week. We'll talk about those teams coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into some more of our teams. But before we do, East meets West in the Locked On NBA Tuesdays. Wes Goldberg, the Warriors beat reporter for the Mercury News. He's breaking news over there with the Warriors and host of the uh, Locked On Heat podcast, David Ramil. They tackle the biggest NBA stories of the day, coast to coast. Subscribe to Locked On NBA podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac, give me another one of your teams you're interested in for their offseason development this week. What they? Do. Yeah, I'll give you my last Western Conference team, and then we can just have fun with the two trash Eastern Conference teams that, <laughs> we that were fascinated. To. That we're fascinated about. But um, for the longest time, I've just been writing off New Orleans and. I went back and looked because everybody's been saying, all right, David Griffin, you know, Presti, they're just collecting draft picks. I'm like, all right, well, look at the differences between the two. Presti is collecting draft picks and he just has SGA and we like SGA, but like they're still like looking for different things. What's crazy about New Orleans is like they have Zion and Brandon Ingram. And they've like are building this collection of picks too. And I just went back and looked at their roster and it's like, it's not that bad, you know, yeah. like it's not, it's not horrible, especially if we get a majority full season from Zion. And I mean, so, okay. Just looking at their roster, Lonzo, Kyra Lewis, who they were super high on Josh mm-hmm. Hart, Eric Bledsoe, JJ Reddick's still there. The Reddick don't underestimate the, I know a lot of people throwing JJ Reddick's name out there in a lot of, a lot of trades. Reddick has this really tight relationship with Stan Van Gundy. Going back to Orlando days. So credit him know, for his NBA career. He said, I wouldn't have an NBA career if it wasn't for Stan Van Gundy, what he did for him in Orlando. Exactly. So, you know, Van Gundy's probably not trying to get rid of Reddick. Everybody, we always talk about the importance of veterans and stuff. And, you know, Reddick probably enjoys playing with him right now, too. So that's so Reddick, Alexander Walker, another good young player for them. I love their, the pickup they made today is under the radar guy that kind of like a Wandu for Dallas, but when, um, Gabriel. Yeah, Wayne and Gabriel, who was yeah, with the, Gabriel. the Blazers last year. I, I liked him uh, coming out of Kentucky, but Zion, Nico Melli, and then they got Steven Adams too with Jackson Hayes, Hernan Gomez. They got one of those brothers. So I just, I like what they do with their roster. They can probably ship off Eric Bledsoe and stuff somewhere too, and they're still collecting picks. And I, 
I just, if I was a Pelicans fan, I, I would be happy with what the team is doing. Yeah, their future is bright for sure. I just think their their present is not, you know, some people were trying to tell me like, oh, the Pelicans are better than the Mavs. Like, okay, well, chill, no. yeah, chill out. Um, you know, I, I'm, we're not talking about that. I think that this team is really interesting going forward. I think that, you know, they have tons of talent on this team, but they, they switched out basically Drew Holiday for Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. They, they didn't get better, yeah. right? They didn't get better as a yeah. team. They, they're definitely going to take a step back here. But the, that defensive backcourt, though, of Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe, oh, man, that, yeah. that's a that's a clamp right there, those two guys. And it, the, the coach upgrade to Stan Van Gundy yeah, is also something to big. keep in mind there, too. And the biggest wild card of all we know, I mean, is Zion. It's like, right. how good is Zion? If, if he's a generational talent like a lot of people believe, then he can naturally lift this this team. So I'm not I, I still don't think they make the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna be at the bottom with like the Kings and Thunder no. either. No, I, um, I definitely agree there. I I have one more. Yeah, let's talk about our like trash East teams that we're both <laughs> fascinated about. Here's my trash East team. I I've mentioned I feel like I've mentioned the Detroit Pistons each of the last four podcasts because they did, had such a weird free agency. But I wanted to go through this team because I just want to know who's on the roster and what they're doing. So they lose Christian Wood and, and Luke Kennard and Bruce Brown, and Kyrie Thomas. So it seems like those four guys that they kind of were building around, they lost all four of them. <laughs> they're, they're all gone. Uh, Christian Wood, I don't understand why. Yeah, that one doesn't go. make any sense to me. Uh, the Luke Kennard one, they traded, and they got Sadiq Bay for it. They're, they're gaining. They had a really good draft, actually, if you think about it. Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, and Isaiah Stewart. We were kind of laughed at the Isaiah Stewart one because they drafted back up big, but then Christian Wood walks, and it kind of changes that pick a little bit in your in, – you know, some people's eyes, but I think that was a pretty good draft and free agency. They get Jeremy Grant, our guy, Delon Wright, Mason Plumley, and then Jaleel Okafor. And so I think their lineup is very weird, but <laughs> this is what it's going to be. I think it's Mason Plumley that starts Blake Griffin. If he's healthy, Jeremy Grant starts at three for them. They're two guard. <laughs> I have no idea what they're going to do with two. It's Fee Mikhail, Luke Delon and Rodney Magruder. Like one of those three guys, I think maybe we'll start Fee, maybe just for the shooting. Derrick Rose and Killian Hayes in the backcourt. They may just go like Rose and Killian as their two starting guards or something like yeah. that. And then off the bench, they have their two bigs, Okafor and Isaiah Stewart, they drafted. Seiko Dumboya is still there, by the way. That's another piece to build around. Sadiq Bey coming off the bench for them. They can yes. do they can do some Blake, Grant, Bay like you know, front courts, which would kind of be fun. And then Josh Jackson, and then obviously mentioned Killian Hayes. But I think this team is a little interesting. They at least have a direction now, right? They got they have this core to build around Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, you know, Sekou Dumboya, Isaiah Stewart. You kind of build around those guys. Jeremy Grant, I guess, is there for, for a little while now. Um, and then Rose and Blake, I feel like they'll try to trade those guys at some point. Blake Griffin will be a huge expiring contract soon. And so they have at least a direction. They're probably going to be really terrible this year. They'll get a high pick. And then I feel like any one of these, you know, really high, like, ceiling guys that are going to be in this draft can fit well with that core. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we laugh. Everybody laughed about them. They're the laughing stock at the beginning of free agency because they just signed every seven footer on, that walked the earth. But now that it's kind of like shaking out a little bit, it's not like the worst thing. It's not the worst thing in the world. They should have kept Christian Wood, but yeah. there is a weird world too that Blake is healthy and they're rolling out like a Blake, <laughs> Jeremy Grant, you know, Derrick Rose, Killian Hayes, Sneak and if like one of these, yeah, if like one of these rookies, you know, shows that they're like good faster than what you think then it's like all right you can be frisky at least and at least be like fun to watch yeah like remember but. the last time we saw blake griffin healthy he was third all nba like third team all nba and they made the playoffs right 
Yeah, like Blake, at, a healthy Blake at center with Jeremy Grant. That's fun next to him. Like that's yeah. a front court that <laughs> signed me up for that. But all right, let, <laughs> let's do Charlotte. All right. Gordon Hayward. Oh, boy. We probably don't have enough time to go fully into this, but <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. For them, I mean, it's it's fine. I, it's, I wouldn't want to we do it. We were texting about it, and I'm like, I, I just don't think it's that bad that a lot of people think that it's making it out to be because it's Charlotte. Like, what is Charlotte? What else do they have to do? They don't have anything. They're not pulling any free agents. And if they're sitting on all this cash, did you say what summer, else do they have to do? <laughs> yeah, they don't have anything else to do. They don't have. They, they're not planning for like you know, the playoffs or anything. Jordan's just, just sitting there with out. a cigar collection, like, ha, ah, what do I do today? I'll sign Gordon Hayward instead. He's like, no, let me call Gordon first and uh, <laughs> offer him a cigar. But no, if you're Charlotte, you're setting on cat space this summer. You're setting on it for next summer. Well, guess what? You're not going to do be able to get somebody next summer because everybody's going to have Everyone money. Has it. Not anybody good. And so if you have a chance to go get somebody like Gordon Hayward now and my whole thing when it comes to these bad teams, once you get a core of young guys in there that you like, and let's say Charlotte really does like PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Lonzo, Devontae Graham. Let's just say they really do like those four guys. You, said, Lon- you said Lonzo. La- okay, my bad. LaMelo. <laughs> Let's say they do like those guys. That's going to be the new Steph and Seth thing. It really is. Losing, purposely losing, hurts development on young players way more than I think people realize. Th- this is one of the hills that I will die on that, like, on purpose losing tanking hurts development of young players. Not every player. I think transcendent talents can come out of that. But I think some young players or decent amount of young players are impacted so much by that. And you bring in Gordon Hayward in there. I just want this lineup right now. And this might just be like nerdy basketball stuff that a lot of people are saying, hey, this team is trash. Get out of here. I was going to say, if you're still this. listening to this, you're in. You're in on all this conversation. LaMelo, Devontae Graham, Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges, PJ Washington. Ooh, small ball. I want to see this lineup on the court. And I just don't think it's that bad if a team like Charlotte wants to pay Gordon Hayward and say, hey, let's let's try to fight for a playoff seed. And I'll just go ahead and throw it out there what I threw out there to you. They should try to trade for Kevin Love and just like fully lean into it and say, hey, can you can what do we have to attach to Nick Batum if we haven't, you know, stretched him yet? Can we do Terry Rozier and something, you know, for for Kevin Love and bring in Kevin Love, Hayward. Lamelo, PJ Washington, Bridges, and have fun with it, and shoot for the playoffs, and show your young guys what it means to try to win basketball games. I just don't think their young guys are good enough to do that. What you just said. So they just have to keep on losing forever. No, I, I not losing forever, but I mean, I think that man, I don't know if they were, I don't know if they were a type of team that was tanking in a sense that would be detrimental. I think they were, they were winning enough games. They were competent enough games. James Borrego was pretty good with them. Like Leighton, like they were a pretty good crunch like time team. And so I think that they were, they were doing the right things culture wise. They got last year. I, I just, I just think that they did not get, Ooh, they did. They did win a lot of games. 23. <laughs> they only, how many games you play like 75 games? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just don't think that Gordon Hayward. I think that Gordon Hayward. The the downside of it is way worse if you're a team like this. All of a sudden, you have Nick Batum point right? Like you have another guy that just is. He's better than Nick Batum. Ever I know, was, but though. if Gordon Hayward gets injured again, then he's not. It's not even usable. That's the that's the whole problem, right? And we've seen Gordon Hayward be bad after coming back from injuries, which you know, you know what you expect. But to get to give that guy so much money, 
I don't know. They paid a premium. But the other part of it is they had to wave and stretch Nick Batum. So now you're paying like $40 million for the rights to Gordon Hayward because you have to pay $9 million. Th- Yeah, we think they did that. That's what That it's was reported like by several yeah. sources that they're doing that. And so now you have like $39 million to get Gordon Hayward. So I don't know. Maybe. It, but if Gordon Hayward gets hurt, then they're bad enough that they get those high draft picks anyway. So I guess. Yep. I guess, but I, if I'm a, if I'm that team, I wouldn't want to do that. But for them, go for it. I mean, yeah. I just think we have to remember that, like some of these small market teams, they just they operate, they have to operate with a different mindset and team structure than some of these other markets. I mean, well, they're not selling Charlotte, any tickets this year, so yeah. But but it's like Charlotte, they obviously obviously offer more money to Montrezl Harrell, and he said, "Nope, yeah. I'm going to go to the Lakers for freaking what seven million or whatever he went there nine, for. yeah." Uh, oh the full yeah the mle but it's like that's that's the thing you have to overpay and when you have a chance and they probably looked at it and saying all right if we're gonna have all this money next summer we're just gonna have we're gonna have to overspend for somebody like a nick batum or a biombo next summer and just because we have to spend our money and then it's gonna look even more dumb if we have a chance to go get somebody like gordon hayward let's just go get him and i just don't know i just don't we don't even know what gordon hayward is right now that was another thing for me. It's like, I don't know. Is he still good? Do we know? I think he'll be fine. He'll be okay. Maybe. I just don't think it, I don't think it deserves the hate that it's getting. That's my whole thing. I think, mo- I think a lot of hate for most things is just fun to get off jokes on Twitter. Oh well, yeah, that's <laughs> for sure. All right, there you go. That's what we, that's some teams we're interested in. We'll be back talking more about the Mavericks moves. We're going to do some deep dives on Josh Green. We'll do some deep dives on Josh Richardson and the Mavericks editions. We'll talk about that more this week, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Mavs. Peace out. Boom. I learned two pretty big lessons on the rough and tumble playgrounds of Brookridge Elementary School. One, if little Ronnie Fouch offers you a candy bar, you immediately say no and you get the hell out of there because there's a good chance... That little son of a gun has just pooped inside of a Butterfinger wrapper. No one ever saw him do it, but a couple of people ate it.